the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Free. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and we continue in hour number two now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us for the Bob France Authority. It's a Wednesday, the first morning of the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2019. In other words, happy May Day to you. Um, the country could be yelling May Day because we are in a very precarious situation right now in a number of ways. Number one, the continual movement towards socialism that I discussed in the last hour, but also because of the continuing invasion from our southern border. I want to go down to the southern border right now and welcome to the program our friend Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. He and other members of FAIR are down there at the border, uh, first taking a firsthand look at the ongoing humanitarian crisis crisis and emergency that we face uh, as in, uh, the invasion continues from Central American countries. Dave, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob. How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm recharged after a week's vacation, but I was disappointed to find out when I came back that things are a little bit worse than they were when I left. Um, we are yeah. no closer to getting the laws changed that we need to stop the magnet uh, that is... Um, you know, attracting so many people leaving Central American countries to come up through Mexico to come into the United States. And we're finding out that even more and more fake families are being discovered right. as they bring children, which are an automatic in on catch and release to this country. What does it look like down there on the border, Dave Ray? Well, Bob, honestly, I mean, my heart sank yesterday. This is actually worse than I expected uh, you know, we did a, a very extensive tour starting in downtown El Paso, where where we've been staying since Monday. And uh, the border wall is up here and is doing a great job of uh, deterring illegal immigration as we moved out east of El Paso and got, you know, 70, 80 miles east, uh, where it's very sparsely populated. Uh, we uh, This is the you know place where the Rio Grande River is nothing but looks like a... a a pathway with a, a little mud hole in it. 
bear, not, not much of a deterrent to illegal immigration. But uh, the Border Patrol at this point is just absolutely overwhelmed. The numbers have been so high and, have been, and the uh, problem has now been going on for so long that we're hearing from sources high up inside the Border Patrol uh, that the illegal immigrants have caught on to the fact that they've successfully really kind of flooded the zone, if you will, and that uh, they're not even bothering to ask for asylum anymore. They know that they're going to be caught and then released because we have nowhere to put them. And you can see it with your own eyes right here in downtown El Paso. These folks are coming in. They're being booked uh, on charges of illegally entering the United States, and then they're being put on Greyhound buses and sent all throughout the United States to live next door to you in Cleveland and live next door to me in Washington, D.C. I mean, they're going everywhere. And, uh, you know, most of these folks will never show up for their court dates. And, uh, you know, the only thing between them and chaos is immigration and customs enforcement uh, who, that will go out and uh, find them and, uh, and deport them once they, uh, you know, blow off their court dates and, and become illegal immigrant and go into the status of illegal immigrant. But, uh, you know, if the Democrats have their way, they'll do away with immigration and customs enforcement. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, that's what they—that is what they want to do. And Dave, I want to—I want to jump to the border guys that you're talking about here because, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, we consider and listen to the liberals and the and the Democrats in Washington D.C. all day long tell us there's not a crisis and this is there's nothing wrong with this and we don't need walls and barriers and borders and to change laws. We just need to to follow the laws that exist and our law says people can come here and uh, and request asylum and that's who we are blah blah blah. I can listen to the Democrat or Republicans on the other side saying build a fortress, uh no way anybody should ever come across again. I don't want to hear from them. I don't want to hear from Republicans right. or Democrats in D.C. or even the president. I want to hear from the guys on the front line, the ones down there where you are right now, Border Patrol agents whose job it is to protect the sovereignty of this country. What do they say needs to happen? I think nobody has a better stake in this than right. they do. Yeah, I agree. Well, number one, I will tell you unequivocally, everyone thinks the wall is a good idea. I saw it with my own eyes. I have yet to find a law enforcement official who doesn't think the wall works and that we need more of it. The second thing we need to do is to get Republican and Democrat, and this is, is coming right from the, the men and women on the front line, get Republican men or Republican leaders and Democratic leaders in a room together and get these loopholes in our asylum laws closed. This has incentivized a decade-long onslaught of illegal immigration. This is not what our asylum laws were designed to do. They were designed to protect people who are fleeing legitimate political persecution in their home countries. These folks coming in and asking for political asylum are not fleeing persecution. If they were, they would have been safe staying in Mexico. This is a sham. This is not what the laws were meant to do, and these folks will not even show up for their hearings. 9% of them will end up getting political asylum. 91% of them will either not show up for their hearings, not file their paperwork, or will disappear. So we need to close the loopholes in the asylum laws. Then the last thing we need to do is dramatically and immediately expand the detention space that we have, the, the, the detention abilities that we have right here on the border. We've done it in the past. We put up tent cities. We bring in mobile asylum courts. And then as people come in, let's say starting today, we have a tent city set up. There's a mobile asylum court in there. When these people come in and ask for political asylum, they go right into their hearing. 
They have their hearing immediately. A decision is rendered, and they're either admitted into the United States or they're sent back home. Now, we know that the vast majority of them will be sent back home. So the people who come in now go to the front of the list. They get their hearings first, and we start sending them back to Central America. When that happens, and not until that happens, will we see this endless uh, uh, group of invasion. <laughs> well, yeah, just, I'll, it, I'll it, just it, call it, it an invasion, yeah. Dave. And Dave, I, I, everything you're saying is spot on, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad to hear you say it. I'm even gladder to hear, if that's a word, uh, I'm even happier to hear uh, the uh, president uh, and the presidential memorandum to end asylum abuse. This is what we talk about right. that the Congress needs to uh, needs to do. And, of course, we know that the Congress is more interested in investigation of President Trump rather than legislation to help this country. But the president is trying to provi- provide guidance. What can you tell us about that memorandum? Well, you know, the memorandum was is really just a group of suggestions that goes out to the different departments uh, uh, guidelines for overhauling asylum reform. Uh, it would uh, uh, seek to ban asylum seekers from getting work documents. I mean, that's one of the things, the most coveted things that these folks get. They know if they ask for political asylum, they're they're allowed in the country. 150 days later, their work documents arrive. So it would end that. It would uh, speed up the process for uh, between when these folks ask for asylum and when they get their court hearings and it would increase application fees so the asylum seekers can start paying for more of the asylum process. You know, Bob, it's kind of funny. I've used the word invasion like you just did in the past, and I've had some people raise red flags on uh, about the use of the word invasion. But I said, you know, if you had a group of people show up on your front door, kick it in, and then move into your house, help themselves to your their refrigerator and tell you that they're not going home, I think that you would... Uh, uh, pretty arguably be able to say that you had experienced a home invasion. Well, that's exactly. what's happening to our, that is what's happening to our country. And Americans need to realize it. We are a generous, loving people. Uh, we accept more immigrants than any other uh, nation uh, in the world. We will continue to, to accept legal immigrants. But this asylum abuse is unacceptable. It's un-American, and it's unsafe for the American public. Well. Dave Ray, I want to say thank you to you and everybody else at FAIR for taking the time and the effort. And quite frankly, I don't know, maybe even putting your safety in jeopardy because of the way things are down there by going to the front lines on the border and reporting on what's really happening. Uh, Dave Ray from FAIR is down there on the southern border right now uh, giving us firsthand information about just how bad it is. And, yes, I will accept the word invasion because that's a great analogy you just used. Uh, uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on with us, my friend. I'll talk to you again very soon. Have a great friend. Uh, great day, my friend. You got it, my friend. Thank you. Dave Ray joining us from FAIR. Chris Long, who is, of course, the uh, uh, Pastor Chris Long, who uh, runs the Ohio Christian Alliance. I told you we were going to hear from him, and we'll do so next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. All right, it is now 10.20, and uh, I want to apologize to uh, everyone and also to my guest, uh, Pastor Chris Long, uh, who is uh, scheduled to join us here. Do we have him on the line, or did we move him to 10.35? We're having a little bit of a confusion with uh, conflicting times for our guest today. Do we have Pastor Long on the line? 
We are going to talk to him after the bottom of the hour. Okay, thank you. That's what I wanted to find out. So, uh, yeah, I originally, here's the deal, just a little behind inside baseball. I scheduled a conversation with Dave Ray, who informed me two weeks ago that he was going to be on the border on May 1st and, uh, and that he could talk to me with a, uh, a firsthand account. And I scheduled that with him two weeks ago, which is before I left my brain on vacation. Uh, and when I came back without it, uh, forgot that Dave was going to be on the line. And so we had a little conflict there with Pastor Long. So Pastor Chris Long will be joining me in about 15 minutes at 1035 from the Ohio Christian Alliance to talk about the Freedom Bank with 2019 and the uh, incredibly important fundraiser that is being launched uh, for the D-Day Prayer Project. It's a massive, massive issue. Uh, it's just so important that we get this uh, prayer added to the World War II Memorial down in Washington, D.C. There has been yeoman's work done on this by members of Congress like Bill Johnson uh, Senator Rob Portman, and yes, uh, Senator Joe Lieberman of Connecticut as well, former senator. Um, and so, uh, and of course, by, by Pastor Long and the Ohio Christian Alliance as well. It's a huge deal, and it's going to be fo- the focus of the Freedom Banquet coming up in about uh, 10 days that uh, I have been asked to emcee, and I'm very proud and uh, humbled to, uh, to, uh, to accept as well. So Pastor Long will be on with us at about 1035, so apologies if you were looking forward to that chat uh, coming up here. Let me go to Mark, who's calling from Fairview, back to the issue that we discussed in the first hour of the program, the incredible destruction of Venezuela because of socialism and whether or not that can be something that the United States experiences if we're not careful to learn that lesson. Marco, right ahead. You're on the air. Well, uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, what I wanted to mention was a lady you called before, you know, just she spoke about education with the, uh, the, in the colleges and schools on this, on this issue. And uh, when I went to college back in the 70s, you know, the, uh, I had a double major there in international affairs and uh, history. And, you know, we studied, uh, you know, uh, socialism, Bolshevism, uh, uh, capitalism, anarchism, and there was no agenda, you know, and, uh, and communism also, and there was no agenda. Today, you know, you have an agenda. And, uh, but, you know, from what I learned in the school, plus being a member of the Czech community here in town, I traveled to... Uh, Prague numerous times uh, after the uh, uh, before while well, was under communist rule and Prague was just a, 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 a dirty dusty dingy looking place and after they got their freedom there I believe it was in eighty nine or so they uh, I mean I went back a couple years later and you wouldn't even believe the place you know things are being painted things are being cleaned up and you know that's where I got my education from just going there and seeing it also but as i said studying these things in school with without an agenda attached to them but that is so Sanders, important what you're saying hold on a second i just want to hit that again because that's what you know that's what education was supposed to be in the way it always had been until recent years it's it's about presenting the information this is what this style of government is like this is the these are the ramifications these are historical examples of this type of government and so on and so forth it's just presenting the information without as you say an agenda without sort of an indoctrination and now it's not that it's not presenting information to students it it's presenting the progressive viewpoint or the progressive agenda based on that information and it that's that's what that's what has made um you know growing up in today's high schools very very and even elementary and middle schools very much different from the ones that you and i went to but i was going to mention also that bernie sanders i watched him on tv the one night and uh 
You know, it reminds me of these communist leaders that they had, uh, you know, when Europe was under communism and the Baltic states and these different various countries. They, uh, you know, the, the communist leaders or the commissars or the apparatchiks and that they all had their villas and their dachas and that. And here, here's Bernie Sanders complaining about billionaires, but I think he made like a million last year and he's got his three big homes. And, uh, yeah. you know, he cries, he cries about billionaires. See, I, I'm a little man, you see. I, I, I'm a grain of sand on the beach. Maybe I make twenty thousand dollars. I don't. It doesn't bother me if somebody comes up, just like with these phones in the tech industries, and he's going after the liberals there. But you know, these people everywhere you go, people have the phones and all the other accoutrements that go along with it, and it doesn't bother me at all. These people came up with a great idea. Hey, power to them, you know. But uh, these, you know, the, the lead, the followers of these Sanders, you know, the, the, I, I look at the crowd. They're the losers, the, uh, the grumblers, the near-to-wells, uh, the grousers, the complainers, and any anyone else that your listeners want to add to this list, you know. And that's what you got. And I, I don't, I don't really foresee this stuff going, going very far. Well, I'll tell you what, I hope not. And, and it's a great point that you make. Thanks for, you know, you, I want to believe that, by the way, Mark, I really do that it's not going to go very far, that the Bernie Sanders socialist model isn't going to go very far. But again, he was maybe some collusion away, Hillary Clinton collusion away from becoming the Democrat nominee in 2016. Now, I'm not saying he would have beaten Donald Trump. But I'll tell you what, it was scary that he, you know, CNN, of course, tilting the scales in favor of Hillary Clinton, the, the Democrat Party and their super major, super delegates uh, uh, robbing him of some primary victories. And again, quite frankly, some Hillary Clinton collusion with Russia. And I know that's, uh, well, you, you, it's crazy. It's Donald Trump. But no, no. The only evidence of collusion with Russia is from the Democrat campaign for Hillary Clinton. The point is, Bernie Sanders was within a whisper of becoming the Democrat nominee just two and a half years ago. And now until Biden entered the race this weekend, he was leading the pack of the cesspool of candidates and the Democrats now. So don't think that it can't happen here because it can. He, he is, he is, he is a, he is a legitimate threat, I think, um, to the, you know, to the, the model and the style of government and of the economy that we run in this country. Uh, Jim in West Park next. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Yes, may I comment on, on Biden, please? Sure. If Biden gets in, we are in bigger trouble than a deep state coup d'etat. Now, eight years ago today, we were under underway with Operation Neptune Spear. You know what that is? Tell us. That was taken out of Osama bin Laden eight years ago today. In the Situation Room, they were sworn to security from Gates that they wouldn't release what team... Uh, orchestrated that event, and two days later, Obama or uh, Biden went out and blabbed it to the world. Now, on August sixth, that was we three months later. Uh, Red Guard Guru Guru uh, Dev Guru SEAL Team Six was shot out of the sky. Thirty soldiers of ours, seventeen were SEALs, and the National Guards were the pilots. And there was some infiltrated Taliban insurgents. Uh, it was in a Vietnam-era Chinook. They were set up and covered up. It was the same guy on this book uh, that, that wrote Travesty of Justice that I wanted you to get on your program, Don Brown. And the book is called Extortion 17. And that cartoon that was out there, it should have Karzai as the face of the dog and Obama 
uh, the end of the leash. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, and I wrote it down. Uh, thank you, Jim. Don Brown, Extortion 17. I'll see if I can look into that. I do appreciate the uh, the heads up on that. And uh, uh, as far as Biden, like I said yesterday, and even a little bit today, he is a, in a unique position. He's more of a moderate Democrat. Liberal, yes. Don't get me wrong. Liberal, yes. But he's left-center much more so than any of the rest of the cesspool on the Democrat side. The rest of them are far left, and he's left-center. And the question is, is is the Democrat Party left center right now? Is the Democrat voting bloc across this country left center? Because if they are, they'll appeal to Biden or Biden will appeal to them. But I don't think they are. I think they are far left. I think the Democrat base is following AOC and, of course, all of the Democratic candidates in the cesspool off that far left cliff. I don't think they're going to turn to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going to have to reinvent himself to be far more progressive and far more leftist extremist than he really is. And I think that old dog is too old to learn new progressive tricks. I don't necessarily think he's going to be uh, the, the big threat here. I think it's going to be Bernie or it's going to be one of the others who embrace the Green New Deal ideals of socialism 2019 or Come election time, socialism 2020. All right, it's 1030. We'll get a new a newscast now. And on the other side of that, I promise you, we're going to talk to Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. I've been uh, yanking Chris from one spot to another all morning long now due to my uh, ADHD. My apologies for that, but I will have Pastor Long on next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Come. Rolling on now at 1036, the Bob France Authority, taking until 11 o'clock. 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. Thanks again to Dave Ray for that report from the border. Uh, Federation of Amer- for American Immigration Reform doing great work down there, talking to the people who matter the most. And I honestly meant what I said to him. I'd rather hear from a Border Patrol agent um, on the front lines than from President Trump. That's not a knock on President Trump. I just mean that literally we need to stop listening to the, uh, uh, the partisans in Washington, D.C., whether they be Democrats who want no borders at all and no walls and no changes to the asylum laws, et cetera, or the president who wants all of the above, uh, you know, because nobody's going to trust them on either side. I don't trust the Democrats. Democrats don't trust the president. So let's listen to the guys down there, guys and girls, the uh, Border Patrol agents who are on the front lines about what's really happening. So Dave Ray doing great work down there. want to bring on Chris Long now. Pastor Chris Long is the president. I've been telling you about him all day long. I've been jerking him around all over the place here from one spot to another because of my uh, scheduling snafus here. So my apologies to the president of the Ohio, a Christian, Ohio Christian Alliance, Pastor Chris Long, finally joining me now on AM 1420, The Answer. Chris, good to have you, my friend. My apologies for the schedule changes today. How are you this morning? Well, good, Bob. Thank you. And, you know, I called in earlier. Your line, I couldn't get through because the lines were jammed. You, you, my friend, everybody missed you when you were on vacation last week. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I do. Know, I do know that I missed them. I missed uh, the ability to do this. I really enjoyed the vacation, but I also was really glad to give them the uh, uh, sounds and the different perspectives of some of the guest hosts that I had on uh, last week. So I'm really glad that everybody enjoyed that, and it is good to be back. And it's good to talk to you too, Chris. Uh, as always. Um, Chris, we got a big event coming up. The Spring Freedom Banquet 2019 is Friday, May 10th, so a week from this Friday. Uh, and what an important event this is going to be for the D-Day uh, Prayer Project. Tell us all about it. Well, thank you, Bob. And, of course, you're going to be the MC for the event. We're very excited about that as well. As and am I. So, 
uh, in fact, we want to tell folks that they can register for the event online at the Ohio Christian Alliance. Just go to ohioca.org, and you can register for this event. We are featuring this year at the Spring Freedom Banquet the D-Day Prayer Project. That's the effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This actually began back in 2011. Woke up one morning with an idea to add this prayer to the memorial, and I called uh, newly elected Congressman Bill Johnson, asked him to be a House sponsor. He agreed. Got a call a few weeks later from Senator Rob Portman, said, Chris, I'd like to be your Senate sponsor. And that's how it all got started. And so we lined up uh, veterans groups and uh, collected signatures from World War II veterans and their family members all across the country. And, and in fact, many of them have passed on since they've signed that petition. And I look over those names, of which one of them is my father, who was a hero in my life and a veteran of World War II in the Pacific. But all that said, we told these veterans we would get the job done. And so here we are now, seven years later, into the project, five years after the bill passed. And, of course, it's a difficulty to get something added uh, in Washington, especially at a uh, monument on the, mo- the wall, and the mall, uh, that is, and so we've been working with the Park Service and the Friends of the World War II Memorial, but I promised these veterans we would get the job done, and that's what we're going to do. So uh, Friday, May 10th, is a kickoff for a national campaign as we enter into the season of the 75th anniversary, and people are going to be hearing a lot about the D-Day landings as the remaining number of those D-Day veterans <clears throat> and World War II veterans are still with us, and there's going to be a tribute, of course, there in Normandy, My wife and I had the privilege last month of going to the Normandy beaches, and actually the weather that day was reminiscent of what they faced uh, 75 years ago. There was nobody there, only our guide. It was so blustery and windy and rainy, he couldn't believe we were willing to be there. I thought, you kidding? I've been wanting to come here for a long time. (laughs) Nothing's going to keep me away. But it was very reminiscent and very realistic of what they faced that morning when they came to the shores to begin to liberate Europe. That said... There's going to be, of course, an observance at the Normandy beaches with President Trump and the um, European allies, uh, their representatives, 75 years later, and whatever World War II veterans are able to make the trek to Normandy, but also in Washington, D.C., at the memorial there, uh, which is a wonderful tribute to the 16 million Americans who served us in World War II, and uh, the Friends of the World War II Memorial will have an observance there, will be there, will be reporting from there, and, of course, uh, launching the national campaign for fundraising, because adding this prayer cannot be paid for by tax dollars, but by private contributions. So we're going to make an announcement on the night of, of May uh, 10th at the Fairlawn Akron uh, Hilton, and uh, that we've raised some money. We're going to make an announcement that night, also a announcement from Senator Portman as he has secured uh, some donors as well, which is very encouraging. So we're, we're on track, and we're getting closer. So our guest that night will be Congressman Bill Johnson, who was the original sponsor in the House. Uh, Senator Portman will be there by way of video. He actually has a very compelling video about the project. And then, of course, Bill Fetter, author and historian, which really every day he teaches American history. And it was some years ago, about 10 years ago, he rolled out on June 6th of that year uh, FDR's prayer in an email called the American Minute. And I, I really, I thought, this is awesome. So I Googled it, and then, of course, there's the audio of FDR praying the prayer. And uh, one thing led to another, and a few years later, we had it as a legislative initiative. Well, why is that important? Well, because as days go by, more and more of these living history 
entities, which are our veterans, are passing away uh, into history themselves. What will be left to tell the story of their sacrifice, their commitment to liberate and to fight for liberty and freedom in Europe and, in, and also in uh, the Pacific during World War II? This prayer, prayed by FDR, by the way, which he hand-wrote, where we wouldn't agree with him on a lot of his politics, this prayer actually exemplifies what the nation was feeling at the time of all those who had committed to the great, uh, the great crusade, as he says, uh, to liberate uh, the world from tyranny, Nazi tyranny, and, of course, the empire of Japan, which was wreaking terror across Asia. All that to say, this will be a lasting tribute to those veterans and will be a teaching tool for young people for years to come. Let me share this with you, Bob. Last year, I had the opportunity to go to the White House for the National Day of Prayer, which, by the way, is tomorrow. We want to encourage everyone to pray for our nation, our president, Absolutely. all those who are in elected office, and uh, we'll be sending out an alert about that a little later today about joining us in prayer for our nation. But I had the privilege to be at the White House at the Rose Garden. Afterwards, I went to the World War II Memorial and went to the area called the Circle Remembrance, in which the prayer is going to be added. And I prayed, and I walked across the street, and I saw this group of school children sitting down with a teacher, and she's reading something to them. Well, lo and behold, I got a little closer, and she's reading to them the D-Day prayer. Wow. So I take, get out the little uh, video phone, and I uh, videotape it, and I ask her afterwards, I said, Ma'am, what possessed you to read this prayer today? She said, Well, you know, today's the National Day of Prayer, and we're about to go over to the World War II Memorial. And, I, and then I began to tell them the whole story about we're going to have the uh, prayer added there, and it was very touching. And, you know, it re- what it reminded me, it was really God reminding me, is that this is going to be a teaching tool for years to come, for young people to come to Washington to read that prayer. It's 515 words we're having added, and no small uh, venture, by the way. <laughs> so the cost of it is 2 to $3 million enhancement of adding this prayer. So the good news is they're going to do a big project with it. The challenging news is, of course, that's, that's quite a bit of money, yeah. especially for a state organization. We're starting to have some national interest with Christian Alliance of America, but uh, our goal is we're going to raise $500,000, which will be the uh, – uh, we're going to work with the Friends of the World War II Memorial on that project part. So as an organization, our goal is 300000 partnering with the uh, Friends to get to the 500000 and then the Circle of Remembrance Enhancement can happen – in stages, and that's one of the things that we had to get uh, agreed agreement with the, the uh, Park Service over that. So Senator Portman's office has been able to at least get that kind of an agreement with them, because that's what's been holding it up, quite honestly. So um, there is a little bit of a urgency to all this, because now there is a timetable. We have to get at least the prayer added in the next two years by t- June of 2021. That's why we're kicking off on May 10th with the Freedom Banquet. By the way, we're going to have World War II reenactors there as well. So it's going to be a fun night, and some of these veterans who of World War II are coming in their uniforms. You know, you Bob, you and I, I'm not sure if you served, and I didn't, but I, I don't think I could have. I could not fit into any clothes back in that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I don't know. But, uh, I don't either, but I, I got to tell you, Chris, and I'm, you you kind of answered almost every question I would have had for you in that uh, in that monologue, and I'm so glad to hear all of it. Tell me this, um, because I I have a copy of uh, both in written form and in audio form the uh, the prayer itself, the D Day prayer from FDR. Is it on the Ohio Christian Alliance page somewhere for those? I would rather direct them to your site to listen to it than another. To yes. listen to it or to read it. 
Yes, I'm glad you uh, pointed that out. We'll put the video back up of the prayer, and we'll also have the uh, printout of it up. We'll put that up on the website. Right now, if they go, they can actually they can hear, um, let's see, Oh, we, we're, we're launching a new website called ddayprayerproject.org, and that's what people are going to hear about, hopefully nationally, uh, as we're going to uh, focus on that for people to contribute online uh, to get us to where we need to be financially to get this prayer added. But if they go to the website, Ohio Christian Alliance, they can register for the event. Yes, we'll have the prayer up there as well, both the uh, video of it and also uh, the, the script so they can read it as well. You know, this is something after World War II, people tell me that people had this hanging in their homes. It was on tapestries and on printouts, but it was kind of lost in time. And so, you know, we were raised in a generation where I wasn't really familiar with the prayer. The only time we've ever heard about it was in the original Anne Frank movie, I think was made uh, in the early 60s. And you could see in that one setting when they're in the hiding place where they're all gathered around the, the radio and they hear that the liberation of Europe is underway, and, the, and it is FDR praying uh, the, the D-Day prayer. Well, we know this the D-Day prayer. In fact, it's the way in which he announced to the nation, and not only the nation, but to the free world, that the liberation of Europe was underway and asked for everyone to join him in prayer for our troops. So it is a really wonderful historical presidential prayer. You know, actually... He wouldn't uh, be with us six months later. The, the president would die within six months of actually praying that prayer with the nation. Uh, he would not see the, the war's end. He would die before uh, the end of uh, the European uh, uh, conflict. And, of course, uh, you know, later in August, uh, the Japanese would surrender, of course, after the bombings. But uh, it just tells you of the drama of the time. And you can hear in his voice that this is a president who's concerned for his fellow countrymen, not just for the landings in uh, Europe, but of course all those fighting all across the globe. Uh, and he said, some have asked that I call for a single day of special prayer, but I ask you to be with me in a continuance of prayer. And I like that. You know, as a preacher, Bob, I really like that because that's what we ought to be doing. You know, this is tomorrow's the National Day of Prayer, and indeed we need to pray. But it can't be one day on the calendar that we pray for our nation. I mean, for Pete's sake, look at all of what's going on around us. Uh, so many conflicts. I've heard your callers this morning talking about the times in which we find ourselves. And I was actually looking at an old video this morning from 1980, and there was a prayer gathering in Washington on April 29th of that year called Washington for Jesus. I actually happened to be there. It was the largest prayer event uh, at, to that date in our nation's history. A half a million Christians came to fast and to pray for our nation. I personally can't even tell you the list of speakers that were there, because that wasn't what was important. What was important is that we came and we prayed for our nation because we knew we were in trouble. Did you know that weekend was the failed attempt with the helicopters? We, we woke up to the p images on the front page of the, um, of the Washington Times of the downed helicopters in the deserts of Iraq as we had hostages in Iran, excuse me, in Iran. Right. And that's what we woke up to that morning. And we prayed and we interceded. God began to do something that year. And, of course, later that year, Ronald Reagan was elected to office. And things began to turn around and patriotism in this nation started to rise. But we're at a time right now of great conflict where we see good things happening with our president and with... Uh, with uh, the country, but then at the same time, we see so many immoral uh, messages that are happening across the land, and we need a spiritual awakening in this country like never before. 
Pastor Chris Long, uh, just so beautifully stated. Uh, Chris, you make interviewing easy. I just have to sit back and listen because you've covered almost every question I could possibly have asked. Um, I will ask you one other thing, though. Help me set up uh, a, a conversation with Bill Federer. I want to talk to Bill Federer at some point next week. I want to talk to Bill Johnson at some point next week, and if possible, even talk to Senator Rob Portman next week about this so that we can really make sure uh, to give this all of the coverage it needs. It's such an extraordinarily important event. We want people to attend the Spring Freedom Banquet uh, hosted by the Ohio Christian Alliance in support of this D-Day Prayer Project. So information online at ohioca.org. That's the Ohio Christian Alliance website, ohioca.org. I do believe there's another website. It's uh, the D-Day, or I'm sorry, just ddayprayerproject.org as well. Um, Chris, if you can get that uh, that video posted up again of uh, FDR actually doing that prayer, I want to send more people to that. And let's really promote the living daylights out of this to launch this extraordinarily important fundraising campaign to add that prayer to the memorial. Uh, and uh, the Freedom Bank Banquet on May 10th is going to be a great place to start. Well, thank you. And in fact, our friends in Cleveland there that listen to this program, it's just a short drive down Route 77 on Route 18, right there in the uh, Fairlawn area is uh, the Hilton. It's a wonderful facility. We give you a beautiful dinner. It's going to be a great evening. There will be a general reception at 6 o'clock, and the dinner uh, program starts at 7. World War II reenactors, World War II veterans will be with us, and a lot of dignitaries as well. Come on down. You can register on the website at ohioca.org or just Google Ohio Christian Alliance. Pastor Chris Long, thank you so much for everything that you do, and in particular for this uh, this project. I'll talk to you again very soon, like I said, because I want to have some of the other dignitaries on the air next week to uh, absolutely. To we'll make that. it happen. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris Long joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. It's ten fifty two. Got to get out. We'll come back though right after this on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. The heart is a blue. Oh my, oh my. Uh, what a packed program we have had today. A lot of really important topical news, including the devastation continuing uh, in uh, Venezuela. We talked about the devastation, quite frankly, on our southern border that we share with Mexico. And then, of course, uh, some positive conversation about uh, uh, the memorial project, the D Day Prayer Memorial Project to be added to. The uh, World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. with uh, Pastor Chris Long. I want to uh, kind of wrap it up today by reminding you about ADF. Um, I've been so happy and am so happy to be in partnership with the Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF, as you know, and I've talked about this at length, is on the front lines fighting for your freedom, particularly your religious liberty. Bob Trent has more about what ADF is doing with this week's Freedom Minute. The U.S. Supreme Court announced that it will determine if courts and government agencies can redefine the word sex in federal law to mean gender identity. Hi, I'm Bob Trent, and this is your Freedom Minute. A government agency targeted a small family-owned funeral home for punishment to achieve its political objective of replacing sex with gender identity in the law. Harris Funeral Homes has served grieving families for over 100 years. This business came under fire simply because it enforced its dress code when a male employee informed the owner that he would begin dressing as a female. The government then sued Harris Funeral Homes and a circuit court sided with the employee, effectively changing the law. Thanks to your support, Alliance Defending Freedom is defending Harris Funeral Homes at the Supreme Court in the months to come. We can't sit by and watch as the government takes away our freedoms. When we stand together, we can win. For more information and to help us protect your freedoms, visit yourfreedomfund.org. That's yourfreedomfund.org. 
Thank you so much, Bob Trent, for that um, report. That's an example of Harris Funeral. I mean, they, they rep- represent these organizations that are being attacked, their religious liberty being suspended by, you know, government entities and, uh, you know, certain organizations with agendas all the time. And they defend uh, these institutions on their religious principles for free. That's right. The ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, is a ministry of lawyers. How about that? Uh, they do. They volunteer their time. They do it pro bono. But, of course, there is a cost to defending all of these clients. And so that's, they, you know, they rely on the donations of the faithful, people like you and me. So if you'd like to give uh, to the Freedom Fund to help defend your freedom and provide the resources needed to fight these critical court battles, please call 800-691-8969. Um, 891, or excuse me, 8, let me do that again. I messed it up. My apologies. 800-691-8969. I want you to have that number, or you can go, again, go to the website to do that, that you just heard, freedomfund.org. And please donate to Alliance Defending Freedom. They are my partners, and I cannot tell you how much I support them and how much they need your support financially. So please donate at 800-691-8969. And we'll tell you more about Alliance Defending Freedom's case, uh, Freedom cases that they have been working on as the weeks go on all right that's all the time that i do have for you today as noted so stay where you are because mike gallagher is coming up next on am 1420 the answer uh tomorrow we got a great program lined up for you again so hopefully you'll be back with us at nine o'clock following the hugh hewitt program have yourself a blessed and wonderful day Bye-bye. enjoy the silence Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com